Reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we'll be reading from verses 1 to 15. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their, their overflowing joy and the extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that I gave us, excuse me, for I testify that they gave us much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test your sincerity, the sincerity of your love by comparing with the earnestness of others. Know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here's my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but to desire to do so. Now finish this work so that your eager willingness to do may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not give too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. I'm going to just uh, pray for Howard as he, as he brings the word, and maybe just a note to uh, Howard and Stephanie that... Um, They've played an instrumental role in the, in the growth of, of this church under God's hand and uh, I guess real stock of, of this family. So thank you to you, Howard, and to, to Stephanie for what you've done here. And I just want to commend you to the Lord and ask him to give you uh, now his spirit to really empower you and give you freedom to speak to our hearts. Um, Father, as, uh, as Howard opens your word, won't you please uh, open the eyes of our heart again to see your glory, your grace, and your generosity to us in your Son. Thrill our hearts again in the gospel and change us into your likeness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I stand here with... um Good dress sense this morning. (laughs) One over there, another one over there. It may well be catching on. And it keeps my neck warm. Spike Milligan told the story of his grandfather who was a lighthouse keeper. He got sacked because he kept pulling the blind down so that the uh, light didn't get into the eyes of the sailors. I pray that nothing will blind you this morning to God's truth and that you will indeed be
be encouraged and challenged to show the grace of generosity. We do celebrate the 30th anniversary of Bustleton Baptist this morning, but we celebrate, as we have mentioned, the work of God through human hands. God has certainly uh, been the author of this new work, and it is him that we give the glory today, that God was certainly instrumental in raising up servants in ministry and in service and providing support for this new work over many years. The Apostle Paul stated in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, power belongs to God and not to us. And that power was the same power that was at work at establishing Augusta and Margaret River and Bustleton. The same power displayed in sending Jesus Christ to the cross to pay the penalty for our sin for all who repent and believe. That same power demonstrated in raising Jesus from the dead, guaranteeing eternal life for all who put their faith in him when this earthly life is done. By way of a overheads, the second overhead when we come to it, by something of, by way of background, as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 15, and I'm aware of time, so I'll try and keep it relatively brief, that Paul has been travelling through the region and to visit the Gentile churches, raising money for the poor Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Many had lost their homes, many had lost their jobs because of their faith. Now Paul devotes two chapters, chapters 8 and 9, to this issue of the grace of generosity in giving. He had set out these arrangements in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 to 4, and now he seeks to encourage the readers to complete the collection arrangements. Then in the next slide, we look at the first point. The first five verses, we see the generous Macedonians, that is, the churches of Philippi and Thessalonica and the Bereans. In these first five verses, Paul expresses a deep appreciation for the Christians in Macedonia. And he mentions their actions by way of encouragement as an example to the Corinthians. And we note that in verse 1 that God gave the Macedonians grace to be generous. And then you'll notice in your Bibles, verse 2, they welled up in rich generosity. And Paul calls the collection an act of grace because contributing to the needs of others is made possible by God's undeserved gifts to our lives. And what did they give? You see in verse 3, they gave as much as they were able and beyond their ability. And what is more, you see in verse 4, that they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. And then in verse 5, they gave themselves first to the Lord and they dedicated themselves to the Lord and then to Paul as fellow servants. And we see here the heart of commitment unto the Lord. The first we give ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. And then we give ourselves in service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Committed self-giving to the Lord and to others is basic Christianity. Paul's message to the Corinthians is painfully clear. Let the Corinthians imitate 
the Macedonians in showing grace to others. We celebrate these last years, however, without the generous support and the giving of a number of Baptist churches in Perth, and I can think of North Beach, and Craigie, Wattle Grove, um, there was another, Morley. They gave towards the work of Augusta and Margaret River back in the 1980s. And who knows what the time frame would have been for Margaret River to have been plant, to have planted Busselton without the grace of their generosity. Their supportive churches did not only send offerings, but they gave themselves. They participated in our worship services. They participated in building programs. And it's good that we are aware of the generosity of folk at Augusta and Margaret River and those churches in Perth. For they ought to be seen as the Macedonian churches of encouragement for us here at Busselton. Today, it is part of our history. Then secondly, in the next overhead, the ungracious Corinthians. In these next verses, 6 to 11, the Apostle Paul brings words of encouragement that though the Corinthian church did have its problems like every church, but it also had its strengths. Paul commended them because they had shown eagerness and earnestness for him and for the work of the gospel. And he would mention if he went back in 2 Corinthians 7, 7 and verse 11 and 12. In the first five verses, Paul highlighted the fact that the Macedonians had been poor and yet they showed an example of the generosity of grace. And now Paul gives them a second example. In verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. He was rich, and it indicates his pre-existent status as the eternal son of God in the realms of glory. While in the words he became poor, speaks of his entry into time and space. We read in Philippians 2, 6 and 7, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made. He became poor. The humility of his incarnation, including his death, so that the believer, you and I, might become rich. What we see from Paul's description is that Jesus' humble life and obedient death is the attitude of self-giving and self-sacrifice. And that is what was required of the Corinthians and of us today in the giving of ourselves. What did the Corinthians excel in? He tells them in verse, eight, uh, verse 7 of chapter 8. You excel in everything, faith, speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love. So what was needed? See that you also excel in this grace of giving. Listen, says Paul, you started off well, verse 11, now finish the work. So that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. 
So there's a twofold application for the Corinthians and for us today. We need to gladly receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, thankful for the sacrificial work on the cross on our behalf. He was rich, but for our sakes he became poor. We are beggars who have now become rich with the salvation and every spiritual blessing and benefit flowing from Jesus Christ. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. So we're glad to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and secondly we are to imitate the Lord's generosity and grace when it comes to giving and the using of our spiritual gifts in the kingdom of God. It is up to us as individuals and as a church to prayerfully assess how we may use those gifts and abilities to the glory of God. Without the generosity and the grace and the commitment of a handful of people at Augusta with their meagre means, or Margaret River would not have been what it is today and Bustleton may well be celebrating a different year. May God help us to be like those Macedonians, showing concern and care for others, that the seeds of grace we sow may well blossom beyond our own expectations and understanding. And one day, people in the annals of history will commend BBC for such generosity. And then thirdly, in verses 12 to 15, we see the equality, the supply and the need in verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. The message from the Apostle is this. What is important in this exercise of gifts, in this case the giving of money, is the willingness to share what one has with other people. The poor widow in Mark 12 would be an example. With the, she gave her two copper coins and the Lord commended that poor widow for giving two copper coins. She was poor in resources, but she was rich in her willingness to share what she had. And this is the attitude the Apostle is commending to the Corinthians in verse 12. Paul says to the Corinthian church, I ask you to do your fair share in meeting the extreme needs of the Christians in Jerusalem. And to us, therefore, being willing to do our fair share in meeting the needs of Christians today. Amy Carmichael, a missionary in India, said, we can give without loving, but we can't love without giving. Paul says in verse 13, our desire is not that the others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. The application for us today is that we fulfil this principle of fairness and equality being willing to share our resources. Today we have ventured down the hall of remembrance and we have remembered many who have contributed to the life of this church, contributed financially, exercised the use of their God-given gifts for the good of fellow believers and we should be giving thanks to God for their dedication and devotion as we have done this morning. But you'll also note in this passage of scripture that Paul displays not only his apostolic authority and his leadership, but he shows his pastoral heart. He says in verse 6, he encourages the Corinthians and gives them credit 
that they have already begun, but gently teases it out and reminds them that there is a shortfall and their obligation before God. So he encourages them in verse 7. He praises them for the gifts they've already excelled in. See that you excel also in this grace of giving. And then verse 8. Paul did not impose a legalistic requirement upon them, but rather graciously wants them to look into themselves and into the church in how they're showing grace. The Corinthians were lacking generosity when any kind of sacrifice or cost was involved. Implications are obvious. Here on this celebration day, we give thanks to God that we have resources and we have given to missionary ministry and to university and provided funds for some local church. But I want to finish with four applications, four challenges for us as individuals and as a church. And the first one is to give ourselves to the Lord as a first priority. With the blessed assurance as it is written in John 3.36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. I trust it does not remain on you this morning. The first priority is to be right with God, to be right with your maker, to know that your sins are forgiven and the wrath of God is not upon you, but is taken upon the Lord Jesus himself. For whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall not perish, but have eternal life. The first challenge is to be right with your maker, to give yourselves as first priority to the Lord. And then secondly, to excel in this giving of ourselves. It is to excel in this grace of giving ourselves in word and deed, as he says in verse 7. See that we excel in this act of grace. Look unto the Lord Jesus Christ as our mentor in service. And in our giving of ourselves, the using of our talents and the gifts that God has given us to use amongst God's people. So we are firstly to give ourselves to the Lord and we are to excel in this uh, giving of ourselves. And then thirdly, support beyond our boundaries. Augusta Margaret River was established by the generous support of other people and churches, as I have mentioned. And some people would say, I keep banging on about this. The challenge for us is, how can we as a church support other rural churches, of which there are many? And I could name probably ten who struggle to pay their pastors and meet ministry expenses. What will we do is the challenge of grace in generosity. So we are to give ourselves to the Lord. We are to excel in our giving. We are to be challenged of how we can support other churches that are not as financially viable or blessed with sufficient people to pay their pastors or don't have a pastor at all because they can't afford even a part-time one. And then fourthly, fourthly, be visionary for God. Another challenge on this 30th anniversary, we look back to the history of 30 years 
to appreciate that God has given a vision to churches in the past. Augusta Margaret River to plant Bustleton when it was only in its own infancy. And in so doing, the church gave up a good number of fellowship attendees to plant a new work. And it was tough financially. The loss of individuals in ministry brought its own challenges. But God blessed the church with its own increase after giving of itself for the spread of the gospel. I'm not sure that I saw it as a privilege back then to be part of planting Bustleton, but it certainly was, as those who have been part of church planting in any area will know that it is indeed a privilege. There is, was a willingness back then in the leadership of Augusta Marga River to do so, and today we have two thriving witnesses in Bustleton and Margaret River. Bustleton is a growing locality in an alarming rate. What can we do with our Macedonian resources to meet the needs of the spiritually poor in the developing regions of Bustleton? 2 Corinthians 8.3 For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. And what is more, they pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. I want you to put on, as I finish, your imaginary, um, some imagination. <clears throat> this grace of generosity in providing for a new centre of spiritual needs for the people in the growing area of Bustleton. Maybe it's at Ambergate. Maybe it's in East Bustleton along Lehman Road. BBC could put down a deposit on one acre of land in one of those areas for the Future Baptist Conference Centre, a place used for seminars and spiritual instruction and worship, biblical teaching hub, a resource centre, perhaps plan to have a couple of generous ministry um, opportunities to meet those suffering domestic violence by providing, say, six self-contained units where they have free accommodation for a period, meals provided, crèche facilities and activities. It doesn't happen overnight, it's got to be planned for. A new work in a new region and new opportunities. We have to seize it. Macedonian resources. Maybe coupled with that, a huge vegetable patch. Robert Walker could do the weeding. <laughs> At the back of the block, catering eventually for meals for the disabled and disadvantaged. Working perhaps with the Justice Department, engaging those on community work orders. All this to extend the kingdom of God in this expanding region of Bustleton. We can mirror the grace of generosity of the Macedonians in this very district. William Carey, the uh, foundation, founder of the uh, Baptist Missionary Society, said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Are we bold enough to release funds for that, such a venture? Would we be willing to release folk from BBC to foster a new work? Margaret River did. I'm sure other new churches have found the same. Are we bold enough to be generous in the grace of giving to other rural churches to assist in the payment of pastors and their salaries 
and their ministries. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God with the grace of generosity. The Apostle encouraged the Corinthian church and likewise encourages us here this morning on this day of celebration. See that you excel in this act of grace also. May God help us to display this grace of generosity to others in the spreading of the gospel. The giving of ourselves, the stepping out in boldness as God's instruments to extend the kingdom of God to those localities around us and looking to assist the fellow churches in their ambition to spread the gospel to the regions and in the communities in which they live and serve. Let us celebrate the grace of God given to us through people and individuals in the past, being poured out upon us in the past. But let us show the grace <coughs> of generosity in planning for the future in the extension of the kingdom of God and let it all be to his glory. Let me bow in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your goodness and grace shown to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, for bestowing upon us the riches sealing us as your own adopted children. We thank you for the promised Holy Spirit. We thank you for it guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are your possession. We thank you for your word of encouragement and challenge found here in 2 Corinthians. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves individually and as a church to know how best we can distribute our resources for the kingdom of God. May our generosity in works, works of service and financial distribution be an encouragement to others as the Macedonians were to the Corinthians. And may our abundance overflow in a wealth of giving in meeting the needs of others that we might see the blessings that flow out of our labours and the generosity that we give. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>